This is the Reading Aloud Podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) I got a topic. I got a topic. Got a topic that I want to talk about. Well. I thought you were going to join in on singing. You know, we used to start a lot of podcasts like that. I just looking at you in utter amazement. Ooh, amazed at what? Because I just ate a half a pint of ice cream. Yeah, that's part of it. uh Uh-huh. Sitting around the house. (laughs) Sitting around the house. Wow. Ooh, it's good. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. How are you doing? I feel good. I feel jazzed. Yeah? What are you jazzed about? Uh, no. Uh, yeah. That's what Neo always says. Yeah. I don't know why I feel good. I don't know why I feel calm. I'm having a procedure tomorrow. I have a huge photo shoot with a nationally syndicated. That's what you said earlier. I like that. What's syndicated mean? Like sent around, you know, like distributed. Wow. It's a fancy word. So sometimes they work. It does because the person I'm not bold in many things in life, but vocabulary is I'm very bold. I just go for it. You were telling somebody about my nationally syndicated magazine photo shoot that I'm doing on Wednesday. And both him and I were like, wow, (laughs) this sounds so cool. Syndicated. I like uh, also our our editor. We were hanging out with them a couple weeks ago, and they were like, "Yeah, there's like many times when Adam is, is speaking, and I'm like, oops, that's not a word." <laughs> and then <laughs> I've just finally started to let it go. Oh, Adam, that's not a word, Colette, over here. <laughs> yeah, I've just started letting it go. I asked myself the question: How important is it? <laughs> Muy importante. Wait, so yes. then on uh-huh. Thursday, our kid is having surgery. Yeah, it's so wild. You, it is wild. And you were asking how I'm doing, and I feel jazzed somehow. This week, I'm not stressed out. I, you know, I finally stopped being stressed out. I decided I was done being stressed out. It's a great way to feel. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. But I decided at some point in the last two weeks, I'm putting everything down that I've been worrying about because otherwise there's no way to explain how I'm going to get the rest of my work done in a week and a half when one of those weeks I'm out for all but one a week a week (laughs) exactly (laughs) all the work in like everything or yeah packing for Uh Christmas doing all the things yeah finishing up with all my clients for the year it's just there's nothing so I let it go and you know it's beautiful about all that what you're gonna get it done meaning what you get done will be what you get done and it'll be the exact right amount a negatron ghostwriter i how many different things can put it together references yeah oh tonight we were talking about how like the youngins where did negatron come from because i mean that's a transformers reference well but it's not negatron it's megatron but like where did negatron come in transformers like, when did you start saying, like, who started saying Negatron? Your mom? Was that, <laughs> perfect answer. Um, my cautiousness. Your mom? We've already established that even though my mom passed away a year ago, your mom jokes are still very much on the table. I don't, I think that's the first one, maybe second I've done. Yes, to you. Please. 
please. Bitch, please. Bitch, please. Um, My mom wouldn't even agree with that. <laughs> the Negatron? I don't know the answer, babe. I make stuff up. Maybe I made it up. I mean, but you've said it ever since we've known each other. Negative ghostwriter. <laughs> so the, apparently the kids these days, they... Um, Definitely aren't saying negative ghostwriter. Yeah, I bet you they will. It's all coming back. They're wearing the clothes I was wearing. It's all coming back. The youngins these days, they, they just say, was the internet around in the 1900s? Oh, it's the thing. We are from the 1900s. Yeah, it's the thing. That's not, I mean, they're not wrong, but it's not right. Mm-hmm. Late 90s? No, wait. Late, what would you call What you going to call it? What, the previous century in which we was born? <laughs> yes. I would just still call it the 80s or the 90s. The 80s and 90s. Yeah, the 80s and 90s. That's what it's people call it. The 80s and 90s. Back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, that's what people call it. Yeah. Nobody's saying the 1900s, except for the youngins. I mean, we were calling the 1800s when we were growing up in the 1990s. Like That's because it was an actual because it was 100 an actual, years ago. Yeah. This is only 20 to 25 well, years ago. Right. So it'll be legit in like 40 years. The 1900s? Yeah, because... In 40 years from now, so it'll, it'll be, be le- 80. It'll, it'll be, yeah. Got it. It'll be like it'll be like 2060 something. And then when they say in the 1900s, because it'll be the 60s then. Oh my gosh, that is so... We'll be alive. Are our parents going to be alive? Not in 40 years. Damn it. It's so <laughs> sad. <laughs> Are we pulling this back to the mom joke? <laughs> not it's not funny it's, it's we both laughed uh-huh. okay all, all right. right what's the topic my love okay so it's funny we typically don't have a topic and we just kind of riff off what we were just talking about there and we might have gotten on to like ageism or something like that's where my mind was going but i'm not used to having a topic i did want to discuss with you it gets formal so quickly i, I know did it gets wa- so formal I so i did want to discuss with you i did so neo is so i've been the the basic topic is on asking questions I think there's a couple different ways that I have felt about this recently in a couple different contexts, but I want to talk about it, number one, in in like a work setting or in a way in which questions are used to take power away from people, and a second way in which questions in our society right now are shunned upon. Mm. questioning things are shunned upon and i have very 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 like specific examples yeah specific examples so more i thought about it i just think like questions are fascinating because they're so multifaceted they're used in so many different ways people are like questions are seen in a positive light like it's healthy asking healthy questions you know ask questions be curious think about things you know and at the same time sometimes I struggle with questions and even like in our relationship, you ask a lot of questions naturally and you're quick to ask questions. And sometimes I'm like, just pause for a second, listen, and you won't have to like, we won't have to ask. You'll, you'll hear the answer. Kate, one of my best girlfriends who's a teacher would often say to me, context clues, because I would ask questions too soon and she'd be like, wait for it. There will be other, like, if you didn't hear it, there will be other context clues. That's one of the things like what Wait, is... but can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. No. <laughs> oh, I thought you were really asking. I mean, 
Oh, I have so many questions backed up right now. It's like I'm like a clogged well, ask toilet. Away, ask away. No, I want to listen. I want to catch my contacts clues. Well, this isn't. I'm not describing a board game to you here. I'm just starting a conversation. Oof, so. Man, let it be known, folks. You don't want to play a game that Adam has to explain. No, well, let it be known. When somebody is explaining something, uh-huh. there are appropriate times in which you ask questions. Timing is actually actually important. It is so important. That's what I was just telling you I'm not good at, but let's just be clear. <laughs> it is like, if, if y'all haven't listened to the Adam Explains Star Wars, if you're a Star Wars fan, get on that episode right now. If you're a Star Wars fan, they already know everything. No, know. they want to hear you explain it to me. I mean, the fact that it it took us 10 minutes for you to figure out that it it was actually happening in space was pretty amazing. See, nobody who listens to that, like people who have decided that they, that's a must listen is because they love Star Wars. Not because they're like, Ooh, I want to know about Star Wars. If they're in that position, they probably don't give two shits about Star Wars. They'd have watched it, but it is, it's the same as when you start to explain a board game in the beginning. There was light. No, you know what? I always 100% of the time, how I start to explain board games. Do you you know? Okay, first of all, no, y'all, no, I feel I very passionate I the, about this. I wish this. I had this on camera because you just pulled out some serious sass. We were just hanging around some like 12 and 13 year old girls and I, I'm feeling their energy right now. Got it. No, what I always start with is the purpose of the game is to blank or here's Do how you, know you win. People ha- nobody's listening at that point. You've already lost them. Oh, and that's that's why no one likes to play board games because people's attention spans, they can't. Everybody's like, okay, we're going to figure out how to play this game. They're like, as soon as you say that, people like all of a sudden become very thirsty and they all need to get up and go to the drink. <laughs> it's totally true. I mean, it's like, y'all, do you want to? It's like everybody is constantly looking how to not play board games. <gasps> No. I'm serious. People don't like to learn new board games. That's yeah, for sure. Cause, cause I love it. I love it. Because they don't know how to listen. Teach. And they, had, and they don't know how to listen, and they don't know the appropriate times to ask questions. Teach me how to play a board game. Maybe on another episode. Okay. Okay, so here's another example. Yeah, yeah. let's get back on topic. Here's another example. So as we all know, I work in like the environmental activist world and i see this a lot within social activism or activist circles the black lives matter movement was the height of the time people who want to discredit a movement that has like some type of moral high ground they do so often with questions well what are they really trying to achieve well how do they do that well what's the impact that they're actually making you know like they'll ask these kind of questions and it's not necessarily out of curiosity but it's trying to pick apart the thing so it puts the person who's trying to explain on the defensive because oftentimes in these things it's a more like you're giving more moral type arguments the system needs to change or something and it's very easy for a person who is uncomfortable with the current system changing to pick that argument apart by asking very logical fact-based questions and then that validates their perspective of well see you don't really have the answers and so questions are often a tool of the oppressor is basically what I'm saying and that's an interesting way that I think got me excited about this topic because questions I have always thought of questions as like very healthy but they are often used as a tool by the oppressor and they're often also 
a very difficult or conflict point in a relationship, I think. Yet there's a, an amazing ability of questions to create. Like I'm in this new men's group and we've met twice now, monthly, and the whole group has started just by one question at the beginning. And then we have like an hour and a half of conversation based off that. Questions are also really amazing and powerful. So I just, I know that I struggle with questions sometimes because I think in our relationship, I can struggle with questions because it makes me feel like the person's not hearing me or listening. And it depends on the question, of course, but I feel like I want to be a person who listens and asks questions that build upon the conversation, not just consistently bring it backwards. I don't think many people, whether they are they're absent of this or they do it the opposite way, I think there are a lot of people who don't do it the way that you're talking about, which is you are so committed and it is not even just like a, a commitment for the sake of a commitment, but it's a it is a deep value that you want the world to be a better, happier, more positive place. And you do that. This is one example of how you do that, which is to like when you just said, I when I'm in a conversation, I want to build upon. I want to use questions to build upon. Even when it's a difficult conversation, what you're saying is I'm not going to go in it as like a let's go head to head here. I'm not going to go in it to try to prove my point. I'm not going to go in it to try to bring the other person down so that I can get so that I can essentially win the conversation. You're saying I'm going to go in with curiosity, which is vulnerable. It's open. Also, you're open to the conversation evolving in a way that you wouldn't have expected. Because when people go in with questions, it's an agenda. They either already know what they think, they already know what they want to hear, or they're just trying to just trying to direct That's what I'm it. Talking about right, yeah. They're just trying to direct That's it. What I'm talking about in general. So the way that you do things, and it also includes all of the ways that you offer positive reinforcement. So let's say I do something stupid. You are supportive. The first thing you are is supportive. Then, if we need to talk about what that thing was, you will move into that place then or later or whenever. But you never shame ever shame. You never shame people and you never go, I'm going to cut this person off at the knees so that we can right size this thing right now. And so when you said that you like to build upon, I just, I just wanted to take a moment to say that because it is so incredible to me that you are open to a conversation going anywhere, meaning you, you have strong opinions about a lot of things. You have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things. And at the end of the day, the only thing that is at the end of the, the end, the goal in your life is love. So when, if it's, you're going to do whatever you can to point it in the direction of love, everything else in between, however we get to love is irrelevant. And sometimes love is advocating for the right things. Sometimes love is educating people on things that are important to you, but it's always going to be in this beautiful, positive way. So I hear what you're saying about questions being the tactic of the oppressor. And I don't think anybody knows that about themselves. I think that there are people out there who are entering into like a political debate, for example, mm -hmm. you go mm -hmm. into a political debate and you've already crafted all of your questions, all of your answers, and you've practiced through anticipating questions. And so that's 
you would do the same thing if you were running for office because you would want to be elected because you believe in what you stand for. How would you ever win? You I thought mean, about running for office. How would you ever win? You'd just be like, love. Boom. <laughs> mic drop. I'm out. Didn't work for Marianne Williamson. Oh, no, it did not. So there's a couple things in it. But she did it. create well, something. Well, the fact that Marianne Williamson ran was revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I appreciated her candidacy and, you know things that she stood for and oftentimes people run for president not because they think they're going to win but because they want to start a public narrative around something and a public conversation around something and i just don't think anybody quite like her had done that before definitely because she was a woman for one but just her work in the world of peace is just yeah i mean you know i think how would i win i think you'd have to be running in the right place but i think you win by I believe, and I'm an ultra-positive person, but I do believe that we're going to see a wave of candidates here in the near future, maybe not in the next couple years, but I would say in the next like four to five years, we're going to see a wave of candidates that quality of character is going to become at a premium, because I feel like we're hitting a pretty rock bottom right now. And sure, we could maybe go lower, but like I really think like quality of character, like I see... I mean, of course, I'm from Kentucky and I love Kentucky and I see like Andy Brashear in Kentucky, who's a Democrat winning by overwhelming margins in a very, very, very red state because he's a decent person and he actually cares about the state. And I think you're going to see more of that. Even people who are decent people actually still use this tactic to win. There's a there's a winning effect that's really important. I've learned a lot from you about how to let go of the need to know is a need to control how to let go of winning, assuming that we're on the same team, how to let go of blaming and somebody has to be responsible for this. But even good people do that. Like I'm not a rock bottom character person. I am also someone who has used questions to try to control a situation and make my point. But I also think you have to understand that some people just have like a very different attention span as you. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I get that. And that's where I struggle with this, right? Where is also my ego come into play here? It's those moments when you sit up a little taller, your eyes do this thing and you puff your chest out (laughs) a little bit and you get really tight. I feel like I can feel your throat constricting and you just like you get really rigid in the back of your neck gets super rigid and I can see it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I I definitely get like that. You know, part of it is like I do it as a coping mechanism to hyper focus and control my reactions in that moment. And I have become very good at that. But I don't know or believe it's necessarily a healthy habit per se. Contrary to popular belief, I can't be like popular belief. Go ahead, go and say it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Is like I can be a very like quick, snappy person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's contrary to popular belief. Yeah, but I can be that. I mean, I like I could be. I have that like Scorpio stinger tail on Mm -hmm. me if I wanted to. I've really tried to choose in my life not to do that, and I think sometimes that is like a coping mechanism to keep me contained. Keep him contained, y'all. I love, love good. <laughs> love a good caged bird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the question I just have about this in general, about what you're talking about, your behavior and all of this, I have a question that comes up and I could, it could go two ways. If I was going to not use it to control the conversation, I could say to you, 
yeah, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that. And then ask a question or something. But my instinct is to go straight for the question. It's a, it's a curiosity and a question like, so you don't do that thing that I just talked about to prove a passive aggressive point? Like it makes such a big statement. Oh wait, statement. hold on. Okay, okay. The, I'm following ri- the you rigidity. Now. It makes, it is like you just screamed out loud. It feels so passive aggressive. And you're telling me it's just you taking a deep breath and, and finding patience. Well, God, it's you're me, a saint. It's me maybe finding patience. I'm definitely not taking a deep breath and remaining calm. Like there's something screaming inside of me, I think, at those moments. But I don't think it's passive aggressive. No, it's not passive aggressive. But, but you know, you basically, without a single word, right all over your face, you motherfucker pissing me off right now. Why are you even saying anything? Why can't you just shut up? Well, I want to do the thing that I want to do. Big, no, it's but it's not aggressive in that way. It's not supposed to be passive aggressive. It's me literally trying to like, because I don't want to say that. And I am upset or mad or frustrated. It's yeah. mostly frustrated. Okay, right, right, right. But so that you could calm your body down in a different way, right? But you do it in a way that, that I can see it. That's that, not intentional. That's what I'm asking. Because it's not you know, when I when I don't like what you say, I raise my eyebrows, I turn my head and I do a little like sassy bop that I'm doing right now. <laughs> and that is I, I know that bop. Yeah. <laughs> that's me not saying words but being very clear that I don't like what you've said. Yeah. And that's what I always thought that was was you being really clear that you were disappointed in me no 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 not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to communicate anything i'm trying to keep my mouth shut but i'm I'm clearly doing it in a yeah, way that, you don't have a poker face in that moment no at all no, no not at all and the, no because I, I i am in fact a very like emotional like emotional person you know like so i get but, really highs and lows very quickly that's yeah. why my voice raises so much yeah your voice only raises when you're excited. Yeah. Oh, sometimes. But yes, mostly when you're excited. But I mean, it's just a reflection of like, I have a lot of emotion in me. Yeah. So you think you're a really emotional person. I'm not, I'll let us get back yes, on topic. Yes, I think I'm a very emotional person. I've, I've been taught and trained both in like a nurture sense and just in the world of being just a somewhat of a southerner raised by midwesterners like we're never like very emotional people but i am an, a more of an emotional person i've just become very good at controlling them yeah but not visibly so but not visibly yeah. as and i'm agreeing with you i'm not saying that i'm not yeah I am so excited to meet all the parts of you because I know that you're doing a lot to unwind some of some very specific things around the nurture piece. And I'm just so excited to meet all those parts of you. Yeah. Thanks, love. And thank you earlier for, you know, saying all that you did around love. Like I feel really seen and understood in that in really wanting to, no matter how difficult the situation, continue to build upon it, to, to build together like this kind of we mentality around humanity is definitely a, a perspective that I believe in deeply, for better, for worse, sometimes bring into all situations. I don't think there's a worse. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it can leave me a little blind or misattuned with somebody's like experience in that moment. Hmm. I don't know. A little bit bypassy. Got and, it. And, and, I see what and you've saying. helped okay. me with that of like just sitting with people a little bit and not trying to 
keep moving because like I'm a trudger forward. Like mm-hmm. I will trudge through some shit just to keep moving forward mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I can stay in it. And that's a very much a skill. Also times like I have had to learn in my life how to slow down and just sit when somebody's having a difficult time. I'm like ready to get up and just keep moving forward. Yes. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about recently and on the topic of questions. When I was in college, I had a really awesome group of friends and we were very connective and we spent a lot of time in the woods together. And one activity that we used to do was group drawings. And I was thinking about them the other day because it's something that I really love doing and it's something that I would like to do more. And there was a really key interaction. Just tell tell us about what a group drawing is. Right. So I'm actually going to explain this right now. You know, I almost didn't say anything because I was like, he's an over explainer. He's going to tell us what he means by (laughs) this. But then you didn't. And I was like, oh, yay. I get to ask him to explain well, it. In fact, what it is, is very important to the what the story okay. that I'm talking about. So a group drawing is basically a group of people drawing on a single sheet of paper. But here's the key aspect in it. When we would do group drawings at this time period in, in life, it would be a true group drawing, like everybody drawing over and adding color in all different areas. If we went and we got five people from our neighborhood and we we put out a big piece of paper and we put out markers, 99%, I bet, what people do, and I've seen this over and over and over when you say we're doing a group drawing, people get in their own little corner and they draw their awesome tree or whatever. It's all beautiful. I'm not judging what they're drawing. They'll draw their thing that they're drawing and you're over in your corner and you're kind of drawing your thing. And then you're like, okay, now what do we do? To me, the group drawing was like somebody just come in and like like slash a big yellow right across the center. And then somebody take that and take a red off the top. And like if I drew a tree in a corner and then somebody draw flashes lines out of it, you know, like it's okay to draw on mine. It's okay for me to draw on yours. We're, we're creating this drawing together. We're not drawing our own little bubble drawings. Right. And that's the kind of conversation that I want to have. I want to have conversation where like I'm saying one thing and you're taking what I'm saying and you're adding to it. I'm not talking about this thing and you're then telling a story about something related, but it's about that thing. And then we're just kind of, Ooh, no, 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 no. This is a good one. Trading stories. I think that that's, that, that might be easier for people to identify and maybe they need examples, which we're not going to give, but like, but I hear you trading stories. I say a story, then I say another story, you know, but, and then I say a story that's, and it's a fine style. Believe me, I do it. I think we all do it. It's a, it's very easy because you're talking about yourself. You're telling things, you know, or you're listening to a story but I want to be having more do conversations that are yeah, building off of each other. Do you think you're a good group drawer? I think I'm a great group drawer. In the form of conversation? Very much so. And is that in all situations? I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, I'm sure I sound like super egotistical here, but I, I think I really, really want to work at taking a topic and just running with it and it. I think you and I are incredible group drawers together. And I think Neo's... These podcasts are an exercise in that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think Neo is just falling into the group and he's drawing and we're really really picking up an amazing flow. Uh, The reason I asked is because I'd love to see more of it sometimes. You know, I, I find that you hang back sometimes. I think part of the reason that I'm coming up this is coming up for me and 
I'm thinking about this is, you know, I've been having this, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but kind of like a little bit of a return to self mm-hmm. for me and like, I'm just excited about it. And I was just thinking of that analogy. Yeah. Just thinking about this group drawing and then just thinking about it in the context of conversation. And it also came up in the context of questions. I love it. Because in those things, questions aren't often asked. A question is often asked at the beginning, but then the conversation, there aren't a lot of questions in the conversation. Or if they are, they're, you know, as a way to continue to build up the conversation, not explain where you've been, because everybody's just kind of like rolling with it. You know, you're just going with it. Yeah. So outside of you reminding us how amazing this is, I just want to say, you know, we sat around last night and we just talked. We just like sat in a place we don't normally sit. We were in my office, which is not where we normally sit. And we just free floated and flowed and we're coming on the close of the year. And, and it very much felt like a closure conversation, just like taking what well, was a gratitude for what the year has been about and then closing the year out. And for me, the way I've been talking about it is setting everything down and going into the dream and the time, like the darkest time of the year, the time when there's really nothing else to be doing other than just allowing yourself to dream and be in joy, but you can't effort right now. I just feel like that's the kind of conversation we used to have and the way it's not even the kinds of conversations it's like the way we used to interact and I keep yeah, thinking it's the energy around it I mean the just energy, name yeah. it there's an energy to it and it's very inspiring energy yeah I guess the question that I was going to ask is this like we stay we're st- we're feeling on our stabilized with our family and we're feeling really spacious like we've got a rhythm and and so to me, the question that I have is like, oh, it feels like we've returned to a part of ourselves because we have the space to do it. But I, I think there's something more. I mean, to t- talk about group drawings, I'm like this kind of because when you would lead us and stuff like that or talk about stuff like that, my mind was blown open over and over. You just led us to places that were so expansive and I can't wait to do a group drawing with you. I know oh that's Oh my God, not they're what, so much fun. Yeah. yeah. I know you're talking about conversations, but I'm, no, 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 no. I, I want to do, do more group, group drawings drawing. for sure. And I want to use, I would love to use group drawings as, as a tool in teaching people how we can interact with each other in a space of trust and love and support and where we're lifting each other up, where we're not just sitting in our corners drawing our beautiful, awesome drawings. And, you know, the, the thing about the group drawing is there's still space for that. And when somebody does a really amazing thing, you don't have to say it. People naturally respect it. I remember, like, if somebody drew, like, a beautiful mountain on something, I wouldn't just scribble over it. There's a level of respect there. And I think that's often what people have is they have fear Oh, well, don't I'm going to outline mine so nobody touches it because I'm afraid that it'll get messed up. But there's a trust that happens where like I trust and I know there's like this balance between trust and respect on the paper that also can happen in conversation. For those of you listening, I appreciate you sticking with us. I hope some of this makes sense to you. This is where we came up with the Reading Aloud podcast. This is where we talked about, you know, retreats and groups and conferences and all sorts of stuff. It's just like, because you are such an incredible leader. When are we going to do a group drawing? 
Let's do one. Why is everybody? Sta- it's the trust thing. That's right. I'm like, why is everybody in their corner again? Because I want to. You know where it also yeah. happened to? I have this one experience in. So you spoke at Creative Mornings. Oh, I which knew you were going to say that. Which is a... Um, so no, you good. did amazing. This is not about your... I didn't, though. Okay. Did well, I? whatever. We, you did amazing. No. You did amazing. That's what you she's... sang, and then you cried, and then you told your story. It was an awesome. But this is not about that. It was funny, because the whole thing's called Creative Mornings, and it's an awesome event. If you're in the Asheville area... Well, and it's you actually go to, all over. It's all over. Yeah, if you ever want to go to a Creative Mornings, it's great. Every city has one. At the Creative Mornings, they had a group drawing set up on the thing. So I went up and I started drawing and I was like, you know, and I'm not like, okay, believe me, I'm a creative person. I love my art. I'm not trying to downplay myself. I'm not like the world's greatest. No, you're not like you're not technically. I'm not technically a great artist. I'm okay with that. I still love drawing and doing art. I have my own style. I just I got to take it back the words i'm not technically a great artist uh is not it just i just want to be clear because our brains can hear one thing but our bodies can hear another i was saying like you don't have like a strong technical skill set yeah. where you're right. studied in the art of as totally. as people see it totally my parents are going to be cringing because they're like art is not defined by this that and the other but right I know, but your but dad also always also says when people say on like abstract art well that's easy i could do it then he always says we'll just do it which meaning there is actually a skill Technical behind skill. it that's true there that's is true. a skill behind it and i'm not i don't have that and that's okay yeah but that but but we can all still be artists right go ahead go ahead so anyway so i just go up to the thing and you know what was on the group drawing a bunch of little drawings all over the place and it was great. They're great. They're beautiful little drawings, but it was a bunch of little drawings. And I was just like, just like painting over, connecting things, you know, just having fun, letting my creative juices flow. And the woman who was running it came up. She says, thank you. She's like, you know how to do a group drawing. I was like, I know you know how to do a group drawing. And we start like, you know, just like going on it. That was an interaction. And you it was funny at this event creative mornings you had all these incredible people this is not a shot at people all these incredible people at a creative conference but yet they're going up to this drawing and drawing their own individual little things i think people are really afraid to upset other people and people don't know the the rules of it they don't know that that's what you're supposed to do right yeah that's because that's the cultural narrative is radical independence right and the, and then the trust is not there. You know, we don't trust people. Mm-hmm. We don't naturally trust people. We're questioning everybody. So you had a question about question about questions or a thought about questions about Neo's upcoming surgery. You and I just hit pause for a minute to talk it through, and and you just told me outside of here what it was going to be about, and you were talking about the medical world and medical versus alternative, etc. And we decided we need to do a whole we ass need to do podcast because we have on that. we have had a wild experience with medical stuff. Yeah, for several years, and I think that I found myself very passionate about this, and I think it's a it's a great topic and discussion to have at this time, and the ability to question also comes into this in a, in a kind of a totally different light than we've been talking about questions here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I love you, babe, and I just want to say that you have made me feel very seen especially this evening and recording this podcast, what you reflected back to me was 
truly meaningful and I, I feel very seen and very understood and that's powerful for me. I'm learning also how to let my true self shine through to be seen by the most important person in my life is a powerful experience. Ooh, it's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. I love you. Love you. Thanks you all for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.